people of Earth, if you are hearing this, you are receiving a signal from another planet. Fanboy planet. Watch animated chicks with inflatable breasts. You might be a Trekkie. Sit back and watch as the Uber geek goes and kicks it up a notch. Turn to the letter F in your dictionary and add this word to your vocabulary. Take a look, cause I'm the real McCoy. Damn it, Jim, I'm not a doctor. I'm just the definition of a fanboy, Thank you, Nate. This is Derek McCaw, Editor-in-Chief of FanboyPlanet.com, and we are podcasting on July 2nd. And if promises made by the podcast producer are indeed true, you might even be listening to us. Well, sometimes life has a funny way of screwing us up. John Lennon wrote it there much more poetically. Uh, This may be coming out. Life has what happens when you're busy making other plans. Yes. But I'm not... Beautiful. Okay. Anyway, uh, so it's July 2nd, and you may be listening to this on July 2nd. Uh, but anything, any news that comes out after 5 p.m. today, we're not responsible for. We're sitting at the Brett Cave, but not all of us. We're, of course, all across the state. And uh, so I'd like to thank uh, my man in Los Angeles. I'm Dave Costa. And across the host, literally, the guy who's letting us sit uh, in his house, the undisclosed Brett Cave. I'm Rick Brett Snyder. Yeah, who's going to be working hard because he's also going away this weekend for Westercon. To, are you leaving tomorrow? For tomorrow morning, we're flying Salt out. Salt Lake City. Salt Lake City. Uh, yeah. I think we're really pushing our music <laughs> samples as far as well, we I can told you, you, you know which what my ringtone is since I'm going to Salt Lake. Yeah, yeah. Uh-huh. Hello. Hello. Yeah, don't drink the beer. Um, huh? I, don't drink the beer there. Oh. Um, I did that once. It was terrible. We're, we're, actually, we're actually having people who are driving there yeah, and truck in our, our wine. That's, that's the right move. Okay. Um, so, anyway, we've got some comics news. We've got some movie news. We've got exciting TV news that, that goes over into Comic-Con and a few surprises and things that maybe you wouldn't make, make the connection, but we're here to make the connection for you. So, let us start with comics, shall we? We should. Excellent. All right. And I'm going to begin by saying there has been a, well, I don't want to call this a tempest in a teapot. Kerfuffle? A kerfuffle. Let's call it a kerfuffle where I think there are misunderstandings. Like, you remember a few weeks ago when uh, on the Script Notes podcast, David S. Goyer got into trouble for saying besmirching things about uh, She-Hulk that we all agreed were stupid. And you defended and said, well, he's trying to be funny. Now, I want to say this. Is I finally actually what I said was he was around funny people trying to be as funny, uh, and that's dangerous. uh, Yeah, I I, so I'm listening to that podcast right now. I finally caught up to it in script notes because, by the way, I recommend it if anybody's interested. Fantastic podcast. Um, And what I heard is, yeah, the thing is that where he got into trouble is that he gets up front and establishes, as my son has told me in Latin, his bona fides of being a comic book writer and being the one of the screenwriters they had that was the real real deal because he'd written comics. Sure. So I Funny think, how that turns around, isn't so it? So I think 
that in listening to the context, and I haven't actually gotten to the offending statements yet, but I hear what other people are doing, and the others are fumbling with stuff and going like, and wildly changing what they've been given. But they're also all people that can be forgiven because they're not, they didn't start off by saying, we're big comics yeah. aficionados. They're instead the guys from Captain America saying, well, we wrote Captain America. Here's how we what we had to do. And it's like, we made yeah, a yeah, movie. They, yeah, we made a movie. And that explains it. And he's like, well, you know, I did write JSA for four years and blah, 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 blah. And then goes, <laughs> yeah. And, and he knows all about reboots and blah, 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 blah. And then goes into it. So a similar thing has happened to But that's our, all behind us now. That's all behind us now because he's working on Constantine. Uh, so uh, a similar thing has happened to David Finch in a... In a, in a written article interview, David Finch and Meredith Finch have been announced to be taking over Wonder Woman. So the second time in Wonder Woman's history, actually the third, people are forgetting there was a, a, a novelist uh, who has not re- really, I can't remember her name, but she hadn't, she really hasn't written anything else in comics. They brought her in a few years ago to write a, a do like a six issue run on, on Wonder Woman. Uh, Trina Robbins did like the three yeah, issue Legend of Wonder Woman and Gail Simone but really is the one who had the longest run as far yeah. as a female writer so there, there's been great excitement that Meredith Finch David Finch's wife is going to write Wonder Woman and David Finch and so they're collaborating a married couple it's going to be right there it's going to be kind of interesting a whole new twist that certainly never happened yeah. it's interesting so in the interview David Finch says well you know she's going to be strong I don't want to say She's a feminist, but she and, and I'm probably putting you in the wrong spin on the way he said it. I, I'm not saying she, I, I don't want to say feminist, but she'll be strong. She'll be this blah 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 blah. And so everybody jumped down on his throat. Part, he's had to he's had to issue an apology, a clarification of his statement. DC hasn't made a comment yet, and. And what it is saying, and, and yeah, the headline—I can't remember who, which, which newspaper or other you know gossip site picked it up and goes, David, you know, David Fincher knew, or David Finch, sorry, not Fincher, that's the director. David Finch doesn't want doesn't want Wonder Woman to be, be a, a feminist. feminist. Does he not understand that? She, I mean, yeah, yeah. And I'm like, when you look at the context and what his explanation is, it's like what he was actually saying is, look, right. You know, it's not... She's a primal essence of Amazonian... Well, of course she's going to be feminist. But but right now, he was... You know, what I read it as in the full context of, and his explanation was, look... I want her to be human. I want her to have soft moments. She and and I think what his explanation was is that it's not going to be like her driving issue. Driving issue. Right. It's she right. You know, well, it's a loaded term, and especially when you see it's you like put saying liberal now. Two unfortunately, people, two because people I will, think liberal and even conservative have become loaded terms. Two people who proclaim to be feminists will not agree on the definition of it, and that's right. among women. If a man steps in and tries to make a global statement about Let's it, he's going to get even beat, state, beaten down Let's about step it. back. I, yes, I consider myself feminist. I do too, but I... But I'm, but, I'm not going to get into a fight with anybody about it. Because no. exactly, exactly as you're saying. Even if you said I'm a feminist, you're going to get charged by fem- other feminists of the female persuasion that you're not actually a feminist. Because you can't be. Well, I cannot be persuaded to be female. No offense. No, no. No, no offense. Oh my God, I'm backing away. I don't know. Um, <laughs> I, 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 it's, no, no, no. I, and I'm I, not trying to change you. Well, don't, because I can't. I'm just, you know, I'm in, ah. There you go. You know, so it's tough. So exactly. Here we are in this, conver- in this table. It turned awkward and Nate Five wisely, sta- and wisely Nate stayed silent 
because Feminist he's broken into his married. apartment right now. <laughs> exactly. He's just found out he's going to. Well, do you want to announce it, Nate? What's that? You've got another. Oh, uh, you put your announcement up on the on the internet show. You yeah. Know. Oh yes, it's a girl. Yes, yes. Nate and Tiffany Costa are going to have a super girl, and that is that we're, is awesome. we're cheersing you down here. Yes, ab- up here, non alcoholically right now, but uh, you know, yes, definitely. Uh, I just made the reservations today uh, that uh, my my kids and I will be visiting in the first week of August. So I'm just going to say right now. Southern California. In Southern California. So if Nate and Tiffany Costa do not join us so that they can lift an, a Clown Sunday at Farrell's, because Tiffany's wow. going to be jonesing for Clown Sundays by then. With pickles. Uh, <laughs> with my kids, I, you know, it'll be a disappointment. We might even have a rare sighting of my brother, who talks even less than Ben Costa. Wow. So <laughs> it's, uh, it's cool. Next item. Uh, oh, Mark Wade is returning to Boom Studios for an unnamed, at this point, creator-owned project. Boom has decided, starting yesterday, that they will have 15 days of pre-Comic-Con announcement excitement. Wow. So that when you get to Comic-Con, all of Boom's announcements will be tapped out. So then you can actually talk to the creators about what's going on instead of people feeling like they've that's missed fine. out. No, I think that's great. That makes it's because, smart because if you're on the floor and stuff, you often don't hear any of the announcements until the evening at dinner, and you're going, right. why, why was I not? Especially in a couple of places, like last summer, actually, there was one announcement where it was like, and I just spoke to Ross Ritchie. I mean, like we had a 45-minute <laughs> really fun interview, and what? I didn't know that part, and he's not going to volunteer anything. <laughs> It's like, you know, so well, maybe I'll, is. Maybe I'll just guy. sit up here in the Silicon Valley and I'll watch the Twitter feed and I'll be sending you guys I think, stuff on the floor. I think you may need to do that. Yeah. I mean, we may have to work in some way to see, dude, can you spend like two hours just updating, updating, updating? Because yeah. I, you know, I've got a motel, a ho- motel, I've got a hotel close, but not close enough. Yeah. You know, as far, no, yeah. no hotel. It's never close enough. It's never close enough unless I can actually... Step Sleep. outside the exhibit hall into my hotel room. It's not close enough to really be timely on my updates. We could send up. Start s- putting rooms in Hall H and having working Wi-Fi. It's coming, dude. It's, it's never coming. close I enough. Know, I know. Yeah. All right. So anyway, Mark Wade is returning to Boom after having served as editor in chief. So very exciting. We, and he says he is uh, don't know what the project is, but with an artist whom he's long admired but never worked with. So I'm thinking must be. You know who's at Boom uh, who. I don't think Wade's ever worked with is George Perez. Wow. Cool. So um, that's going to be my hypothesis. I don't know, but that's the only... What's, what's, what's Perez doing for... He's Perez doing, doing he for, was doing something for them, but I can't remember what his title was. But um, so, you know, that's the one I can think of unless it's like somebody, again, insanely, and I'll get, I'll just jump ahead to this. Unless it's someone like Jim Steranko. The first person I said fought because... Who, what giants yeah. are back, you know, yeah. are still there that Wade hasn't worked with, and that's one. Because here's the thing. It's been a while since Steranko's done some regular... Com- a long time since he's done some regular work. So this week, and I know this is going to excite you, Rick. Not Nate, necessarily. I'll see if there's anything to excite uh, Nate on the news. But um, Jim Steranko was... Somebody asked him on Twitter... Hey, would you consider doing the shadow for Dynamite since they seem to be doing so many shadow books? And yeah. he says, I would kill to get back 
to do something on the shadow because apparently he was supposed to have been the he one says that in public and the phone isn't ringing within 15 minutes exactly well you know uh, apparently he was supposed to do the shadow for dc ah. uh and before kaluta took over in that revival like there was some Back falling out they couldn't make it work so though he had done all these iconic uh, paperback covers got them all my dad collected no them. I know you do I know you do and that's why I knew you'd be excited as soon as I saw this I'm like but sometimes even, there's a news piece that I just go this is for Rick those are those those they are great covers you know because they're painted and they're all staged yeah. and stuff and they're 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 evocative of the old pulp covers too but what was really cool about Stranko and the shadow is when back for uh, media scene and yeah. comic scene um, he would just do one-off artwork like pencil and ink drawings of the shadow and they were always spot on amazing yeah so i can easily see him doing um just a fabulous fabulous i i am my blood pressure is going up i'm just yeah like, I, I know i can see i yeah. can see the excitement you're having so yeah. uh we'll be careful yeah and uh yeah so yes he's basically there and saying like well you know I've never seen Dynamite have a booth at Comic Con, but but I know from uh, you know people's things is that Nick Barucci is there doing deals. They just don't spend the money on a on a booth, so it's quite possible. And I think Barucci even or someone from Dynamite said, yeah, we might have a conversation in San Diego. So because uh, mm-hmm. Taranko's always there, so uh, it's possible, and that would be very exciting. Um, and uh, you know, also an exciting announcement I think for kids, and we'll see how it is, how it goes. But Becky Cloonan, or uh, let me put it this way, DC has announced doing two Batman related, seems like kids titles uh, from Becky Cloonan, uh, who has done some really great work for DC as well. But you know, a lot of different uh, stuff, a lot of stuff for Oni um, is writing Gotham Academy. About two young co-eds at a private uh, school. Co-eds? Uh, two, two girls. I don't know if it's a girls' school or, okay. or not. Um, but who will, like... So it's in the... They're, they're mystery-solving teens uh, in Gotham City where Batman is already established. So it's not like that. Okay, it's, it's not, not a prequel. It's not a prequel. It's a concurrently... So I was saying, wouldn't it be awesome to have, like, preteen harley and ivy well, as, as detectives it, it, before they went bad isn't that what uh, you know you can't do that alongside gotham which yeah. already has the, you know it, it's almost too many and then they're doing and i don't get this one at all but jerry dugan who was doing um you know who wrote deadpool with brian Posehn, mm-hmm. a funny funny writer is doing something called arkham manor so kind of a comedic twist on arkham <laughs> asylum oh, they're just crazy <laughs> So I don't know, but I'm all I'm all for giving it a try. They're going to come out in October, and I think anything that again gets kids, you know, gives does a kid kid friendly book like Little Gotham has been fantastic. You know, Little my, Arkham. That well, be? no, that's already actually covered in Little Gotham. Is it? Yeah, so you have to. Re- Little Gotham is really fun. Okay, uh, and and uh, you know, at Big Wow, Luke and I got a chance to talk to uh, Derek Friedolfs, who was there, uh, is one of the co co writer co creators of that book. And, you know, it's just, I'm going to say, like, there's a scene that Luke just keeps quoting to me over and over with Damien. And the guy says, yeah, that was right from my childhood. My dad would do that to me. And I was like, you know, awesome. So it's a fun, that's a fun kid's book. And again, you know, DC's doing it right. It's just hard to find them. Yeah. So uh, another one that's doing it right, uh, that's already a a book that's sold out. Sorry, people. But uh, came out last week. And we didn't highlight because... I had not gotten to the store yet. Rick chose. I don't blame Rick at all. I'm just saying he chose all our what's in the bag because Nate and I had not had a chance to. I didn't have get out bag. there, and you didn't have that right. And so I missed it. 
And it was not pulled for me. It was luckily at Elusive. The comics were delivered late. So when I went on on Thursday, it was still still pretty good pickings. Ah. And I saw this on the shelf, Outcast Number 1 by Robert Kirkman. And uh, Nate, do you remember who the artist is? It's a it's a guy I really like, but I can't Paul remember. Paul Azaceta? No, no, you're right. Maybe it's Azaceta. You may be right. I'll, I'll find out and catch up to me here. That uh, So Outcast is... And I picked it up because it was like everything that Kirkman has created since uh, Walking Dead yeah. became a TV show has turned to gold. But I'm not a speculator. I really don't. I normally don't like buy. But we things. know there are a lot of speculators. We out know there are a lot of speculators, and so I was like, well, I I I, I want to give this thing a chance because I, tur- I turned my back on Thief of Thieves. I didn't turn my back on it. I just didn't pick it up, and then that thing shot through the roof. Yeah. It's as a cedar, okay, as a cedar. Great art and very moody. It reminds me a lot of, of, of Francesco Maravilla, the guy that's doing um, Afterlife with Archie, ah. and doing a lot of stuff for Dark Horse. And uh, so this is another it's another horror book. So and yes, I've heard rumors that it has been picked up for television development already uh, about a guy who that's as a true story. What? It's a true story. That is true. That it's been picked up. Yes, it has been picked up. Okay. So it's about a guy who, as a child, uh, witnessed his mother being possessed by a demon. And so the Reverend, not a Catholic, which I thought was interesting, really interesting, because truthfully, outside of Catholicism, the only other uh, Christian sect that I have, I hope I don't get in trouble for having phrased it this way, but the only other Christian sect that I've seen acknowledge the need for uh, exorcism, exorcism is uh, Church of Jesus Christ of Latter-day Saints, the Mormons. Ah. And so um, I was surprised to discover that. And, you know, I was looking through a manual and there was a thing on, like, the needs for it. So um, that's not a deeply held secret. I'm not going to get, you know, shunned or anything for this. But to have it, like, in a Baptist situation where it, there's not really a, a perspective prescribed ritual right so forth and this it's got to go watch a bunch of movies to and this well and this preacher now older is because this kid's witnessed it he's grown up um the demon that was expelled apparently has been following him <clears throat> and of course who's going to believe that so he stays as a shut-in because he's afraid yeah that someone else is going to be hurt because for some reason the demon isn't hurting him is just if you'll pardon the expression, bedeviling him uh, because there's something about him that the demon uh, can't touch but also needs to take off the table. And so so this guy has made himself an outcast, but he is, uh, you know, what what other mysteries there's going to be. So is he the protagonist of the he's story? He's the protagonist. So okay. he's grown up, and then the demon comes back and possesses a little boy. And so he ha- so it goes. it's going back and forth between time periods as is explaining what happened to him while he's trying mm-hmm. to while they're trying to persuade him because the minister realizes this is the same thing that happened when you were a boy you're the only one I uh, one I know who can help this family now yeah. and so it, it's really it it's really lays out beautifully and I'm sorry that you couldn't get a copy because even it's it 3.99 was the cover price and that was at least at least 32 pages of story. It was thick. It was just, and it was wow. just like a page turner. I'm going, my God, this is brilliant. This is Kirkman at his best, you know, and I still go like, man, when Kirkman went over to Marvel and did stuff at Marvel, 
it never really caught fire. It was not, you know, it was nothing. But when he's inspired on his own, it's amazing. You know, his he he is right. He, he's at his best creator around. Well, arguably, guys, how many issues has he got of Walking Dead under his belt now? You, right. you develop as a writer. You know, yeah, and, and it's just fantastic. So, anyway, uh, if you get a chance, to I'm say sh- nothing of. Uh, the superpowered one, the uh, invincible. invincible. Yeah. Well, as they Another said, loses, they said, well, super dinosaur didn't catch on. I'm like, it's silly, and eventually it will. Someone's going to b- turn it into a movie. Yeah. Uh, because how could you not? That's like an super awesome. Super dinosaur is great. It is fun. I bought the trade for my son. He loved it. So, um, anyway, let's turn to that segment we call What's in the Bag? Nate. What's in the bag? What's in the bag? All right. So we turn to you first, Nate, because we can't see what you have, but we can adjust on the fly if we know if we've chosen something in similar. So this is the t- time of the week we uh, take three notable books, not necessarily number ones, not necessarily even necessarily great books. Not even stuff we may not have even read. In fact, most likely. Too many ends in there. Yeah. So just uh, just turn to it. What's your first what's in the bag, Nate? My first what's in the bag will be the one we discussed earlier, Rocket Raccoon. <laughs> ah, yes. Numero uno. And actually, I did power through it between uh, talking. So I can give you a little bit of... It's got Scotty Young writing and art. Yeah. And he's got like that... Uh, I don't know what you want to call it. It's like a kid style, but it it's kind of like sloppy, Ren and Stimpy almost. It yeah. almost looks like Invader Zim. It's cartoony. It's exaggerated. It's yeah. all right. Yeah. 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 So it's it kind of looks like it would be more of a kid book, but it's definitely not a kid book. There's a ton of inappropriate within these pages. I am disappointed because I felt that the uh, free comic book day version was appropriate for kids. Uh, the the Rocket Raccoon they gave out. Luke yeah. enjoyed that. I read it and I went, yeah, that's fun. cool. I'll probably still like you know, as I said, I mean, I'm sure you could look through it, figure it out. But I mean, there's inappropriate in the standpoint of language, or are we talking about just violence? Or there's a ton of language, like uh, whatever you call it when you're they're putting symbols instead of words because oh, they're constantly okay. no, swearing. No, 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 that's okay. We just say black thoughts. That's you know dark thoughts. That's, even, even peanuts did that. So, uh, we're, I, you know, yeah, I, I appreciate that looking out, but you know, because you're a nervous new father. On the other hand, I'd say uh, my my dad, uh, my dad, no, my son is really good at determining for himself if like he'll read if he'll read something and say, nope. This is not appropriate for me, and hand it to me, and no harm done, no harm, no foul. He goes, yeah, I'm just not ready for it. So I'm, I'm, I'm hoping that this book is good, it is appropriate enough for him in his estimation because I know he loves Rocket Raccoon, and what child does not right now? That's why I, you know it's a shame and they did, did make it a T, but there it is. Because you're right, Scotty Young is, you know, he's child friendly in his art style. They love it, and that's why they had him doing all the Oz books, which he's won a few Eisners for. So, okay. Uh, Rick, what's next in your bag? Well, continuing with the theme I've got. Because they're just pounding us. And note, there is no article here. It is Legendary Star-Lord number one. Yes. And from Sam Humphreys and Paco Medina. Yes. 
uh, and the Medina pencils and art is just uh, just it's what I'm expecting from Marvel now that right now it's it's uh, beautiful, well colored. You got you know, these images of people who are virtually on the page with just uh, kind of an illuminance to them. Uh, I have not read the book, but. I just thought this was mas- a masterful week for Guardians of the Galaxy, and we'll be getting into more reasons why. So, yes. Legendary Star-Lord number one. From, Both of these. Uh, this one, also, you got to worry about this one. It says, from the pages of Guardians of the Galaxy, but it is not a reprint. This is a new story. Right. So you, you gotta, well, no, no. I think and you have the, to watch out for that, too, because the there way, have been some reprints. No, they, they will say reprinted from. I mean, you know, because... They don't always say it. They've if had if to, you go inside it, you maybe If you look inside to, the D-show... Or something they, they they've had they have to be be careful and I know what they mean is that this is a solo book it's just like right. Nightcrawler would be from the pages of X Men indeed um, both these by the way have already sold out from from distributorship wow so they call this and you know we've talked about that now I just want to make a note you know we talked about how Rocket Raccoon number one was like at three hundred thousand a uh, hundred thousand of those were actually purchased by Nerd Block to put in their box. Wow. And there are nerd boxes that go out each month. So, um, you know, we do have to be careful. I love to hear that sales are going up, but when but when we've got these now things like Nerd Block and there's another there's a competitor with that. These these are where you pay for a subscription for a surprise present every month or quarter. You get a blind box full yeah. of collectible stuff. Yeah. And so one of the collectible things is Rocket Raccoon number one this month. So um, you know, that I, I I don't know if we call that artificially inflating sales, but I sort of feel I don't like think it's it is artificial at all. Well, <laughs> you know, Marvel got the money. It was that's definitely all inflating about. sales. Yeah. Okay. Well, I mean, you know, Marvel got the money. Yeah. And, the, the, and they probably got some new readers from it too. Let's hope. Let's hope. So I'm going to go to how should I say? You know, in addition, um, yeah, they hit us hard. If you're a Guardians of the Galaxy fan yeah, this yeah, week, yeah. Uh, that uh, there's now another. I don't. I can't. Quite tell if this is going to be an ongoing. Ah, but here's what I noticed the difference. Legendary Star-Lord and Rocket Raccoon are both rated T. Guardians of the Galaxy, Galaxy's Most Wanted, which features Rocket and Groot, is all ages. Aha. Uh-huh. So, all right, suddenly I'm feeling a little better. That um, they brought in this artist, this writer, I don't know, uh, Will Corona Pilgrim, but the artist Andrea DeVito, familiar with those days, even uh, he was drawing in cross-gen, really good stuff, and this is appropriate for children according to Marvel's own self-censorship. So featuring the two characters, the kids want most, first issue of a book called Galaxy's Most Wanted. Really happy about that then. I think um, you have to be aware, though, that uh, only about half the book is the Rocket and Groot. And well, then, then there's, there's Destroyer. Then there's going then there's, back in time then for... Then they go back for Destroyer and Mantis uh, reprint from Thor 314. Well, that's great. Well, so again, I don't have a problem with that, but people should just be aware that... that and I that, think, But I think more books should. For three ninety nine, you get a full-length Guardians of the Galaxy story yep. and a reprint. And the reason I want to say... And a Tales of Asgard. That I want to encourage you know the reprint stuff is because... Not only is it good stuff, but but kids need to see it. it, it does, yeah. They'll be fooled into not realizing that it's old. And oh, and then there's yes, judgment. Ah, yes. Yeah. Um, with with hell, um, that's interesting. So it's you know Guardians and Thor, which there'll probably be a crossover. So um, I'm there. Um, next in in Nate's. I'm going to assume I'm stealing one from both of you guys with this one. Let's okay. See. Batman sixty six meets the Green Hornet. Issue two. I didn't even bother choosing it because I knew you would. 
Once again, this is probably going to end up being my favorite book of the week. Uh, maybe even of the month. They totally nailed it. It feels like watching the TV show, but reading it, basically. I don't know. I don't read the regular Batman 66, so I don't know how that one feels. It does feel... Uh, it settled down. It, it started off being like trying to be both modern and, and now it settled down into feeling like the 66 show yeah. with a more serious tone. Um, you know, but it, it works. It works. So they I, def- they're nailing it on this completely. I'm honestly, I'm going to be intrigued to see if Ralph Garman like pitches an original idea. Yeah. Like, I'm thinking like, is he going to get more work out of this? Because he's good. Because I, at least in this uh, specific genre, he's very good. Yeah, well, he could do something in this genre. He could do something that's kid oriented, or just do a standard Batman run. I don't know if he'd be interested because his fandom really is. He just worships Batman sixty six. I understand. So we shall see. Uh, all right, next up for Rick. Well, I have the first of what are to be four hundredth anniversary issues that are coming out. I passed that one up. This is the Fantastic Four. I got the alternate art cover, the variant edition, because I just like the art on this better than the kind yeah. of silhouettes and stuff. Um, so, and I have to admit, I'm not... The The idea here is it's like 15 years in the future. What is it? Oh, I don't know. I haven't... Uh, it's But there are four of them. There's, uh, there's the Fantastic Four, there's X-Men, Spider-Man, and... Somebody else. I've forgotten. The Hulk? There was a poster. I don't know if it was the Hulk. should be the Hulk. Maybe it was the Avengers. I'm not sure. Um, but this is uh, obviously one of those out of the current uh, current plot line uh, stories. It's a one-shot, I'm pretty sure. Uh, but there are going to be four issues over the next four weeks, I think. Okay. So, look for it. All right. Cool. Um my uh, my next will be a, a reminder of uh, Max Brooks uh, continuing his interesting, although I think a little over. No, I don't want to say overplotted. I think I think it's been stretched, but now into another uh, an arc of Max Brooks's Extinction Parade, which is uh, so. This is the first issue of a of a miniseries called War, which is what happens when the vampires realize that in a zombie apocalypse. Um, they're running out of their food supply, mm-hmm. so they have to stop being fey and just like you know, oh, we feed on and we're just like feeding on them. Let them all play. Oh, kind of like Anne Rice's vampires at their worst and stupidest. Yeah. Um, th- you know, now they have to say, oh crap, the food supply is going, so they have to declare war on the zombies. And so uh, the first arc. Just, just maybe took maybe one issue too long, but for an idea that was very intriguing, was them coming to that conclusion. Oh crap! Our food supply is going. It was so that it was, was that was that the arc them the argument of them it was taking the arc, action because they were sort of he was sort of world building like establishing his rules for his vampires mm-hmm. and how they existed all this time and then how there'd be these little zombie outbreaks and then it'd be put down and so no one took it seriously until basically it could even be as far as I know. There's nothing that says this couldn't be in the same universe as World War Z. I don't, I don't think it is, hmm. but there's nothing that runs counter to it. I see. So, uh, you know, very, very interesting. 
So, so the zombies are the same kind of zombies that we had in World War Z. They don't have any kind of infrastructure or nothing. They can a tell war. It's a war in, yeah. in effect that they're fighting against it, but right. they're not strategic. And this is uh, actually in color. The pre- previous miniseries was in black, black and, and white. white. And yeah, this is in color, so we shall see. All right. Next up for Nate. Next up for me. Big Trouble in Little China 2. Ah. I focused on number one because I knew you'd do this too. At (laughs) number one, I was a bit underwhelmed, as we discussed. Yeah. Number two, I'm feeling it a little more. Okay, good. Uh, Or is that underwhelming or overwhelming? No, no. I'm whelmed. He's entirely whelmed. You're back up to whelmed. Properly, properly whelmed. Yes. Feeling the story a little more. All right, So. It uh, it takes a more supernatural, you know, turn from the movie. Okay. But if the whole sequel is going to be more supernatural, that's fine with me. All righty. Hmm. Cool. All right. Next up. My last is, and I love the title on this one now, Miles Morales, The Ultimate Spider-Man. Yes, number two. Number three. Number three. Which uh, which brings back probably the best villain from the original Spider-Man run, which of course is Norman Go- Norman Osborn as the entirely hulked out Green Goblin. Green Goblin. Um, Even though he's dead. Uh, but this one says Norman Osborn alive. I've got a panel right here that says yeah. it's on a telephone. I know. It's I on read a it. cell phone. That's one of the books I read today. So, um, But did you see my post on Facebook this morning? No. So Brian Michael Bendis. Uh, I saw that, yes. Posted on Twitter a link to a panel of Ultimate Spider-Man where Miles Morales is face-to-face with Peter Parker, the ultimate Spider-Man Peter Parker, who's basically chilling and saying, hey, I think it's time for me to take my stuff back. Yeah, that was last issue. Was that last issue? Uh, I have to yeah. So if you get that and the Green Goblin, something's going on in a weird way. Yeah. You know? Yeah. But again, um, you know, I my suspicion is that they're setting Miles up to head over into the Mainstream Marvel 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 Universe, because the other thing then is, once Andrew Garfield steps out of being Peter Parker, Spider-Man, just Who are you going to call? You're going to call Miles Morales, just like we know that's going to happen with the mainstream Marvel Cinematic Universe. And by then, people will accept it? Will Smith's son will be ready to play him? (laughs) Jaden? Jaden? You know, if I didn't need this phone, I would have dropped it and broken it with that. (laughs) Thanks. You know what we need? What? We, need, we need an actor with more than one expression. Oh, okay. Um, and what's that, behind a mask. And what's that other word? He's um, he's growing into his uh, acting. Uh, talent, talent. Really? In what film? <laughs> he was good in that one where Will Smith was homeless and he was his kid. Yeah, that was the first one. That was the yeah. first thing he did. And then everything since Karate Kid sucks. Uh, Karate Kid was not his fault. That was, was that terrible, terrible The one terrible about returning idea. to Earth. After Earth? After Earth. Sucks. Appearance of the Grammys last year sucked. Okay, yeah, no, sorry. I, that's, and kid. now you're picking on a 13-year-old kid. boy. A 13-year-old boy who, uh, he's actually 15. He's older than Willow, who's 13. Oh. Because, uh, you know, because the Smiths are being investigated for child endangerment uh, because of a photo with Willow and some rapper who's like 20. Uh, and Actor. 
uh, some, some rapper Willow and Jaden have also joined to, joined a cult. By the way, nice. Uh, this is actually true. Scientology? No, not Scientology. Even the Scientologists are scared of this one. Uh, so I, you know, I don't know. Anyway, last on mine is just it's the smut. Well, actually, I'm gonna I'm gonna call one because this is, steps out is uh, Black Kiss has a Christmas in July. Oh, XXSmas in July special. Look, this is not for the kiddies. This book's going to be hidden, but there's mistletoe. There's action on the back cover. I, I can't believe this wasn't bagged, actually, since Marvel is bagging Miracle Man. Yeah, that's amazing. I don't amazing. know why Black Kiss is not bagged. But as usual, there's a lot of... because it's black and white. It's a, well, that's, that must be why. Except uh, for the covers. Does Miracle Man uh, cover mature, mature subjects? Yeah, it does, yes. often does. There's a very... Um, probably this week, in fact, would be the issue reprinting the graphic birth i mean and i think this is how thing life has changed our our culture has changed when that came out in the what early 90s or 80s was when yeah. eclipse was originally um reprinting miracle man we weren't talking about bags we didn't bag Mi- miracle man there no. was not you know it was just accepted look there were books that were not appropriate for kids right and therefore the store owner knew that and wasn't going to sell it to him and you know the, the problem is that you can't count on the store owner anymore because yeah. there are too many store owners who don't read the comics. And, and don't so, the and you look yeah. at, you look at Miracle Man, you look at that cover, you go, well, it's just a comic. It's just a superhero book. I'll put it with everything else. Well, I would agree with this, you know, I, and I, the, I, the people who are, they're going to go after the ones with the bigger, here's the problem. A bigger cover like, I'm going to go with you on this, a cover like this, that cover says it all. This cover for black kiss XXS miss in July special should not have been on the same rack. Right. And, and, I, and I think that maybe I will suggest this to them. I know that the time should not have been on the same rack with the other books because they if it, w- it would not be placed in last week's releases, it would go into the section around the corner. And you know, I'm gonna I'm gonna shout out to a store that I know does it right, which is the Comic Bug in Manhattan Beach. Yeah. So that there's a section where all these things go, even if it's new, that it goes to a place where Mike Wellman. The guy who owns the store, uh, co-owns the store, I can't remember, I, I, I met his partner once, I haven't met the, I, I can't remember the guy's name, uh, the, the two of them, and any employee knows, if they see any kid go to that section, they beeline over and say, hey, have you seen what's over here? Uh-huh. They make sure that this, and it ends up high, and make sure that, you know, that... It, well, I don't know if you remember, but... Uh, our old friend Brian, Brian's books. Yeah, that cover would have had a piece of cardboard covering the bottom part of that cover, and it should. Yeah, and I'm not a prude. I'm just saying. I'm just that yeah. that exactly. Look, as a store as a store owner, you have a responsibility. Mm-hmm. Um, and obviously, I'm not a prude because I I bought the book because I've actually enjoyed right. the Black Kiss run. It's been very interesting, but it is also very purient. <laughs> you know, I get that. So. There it is. There's a little bonus here in that Marvel also bonus. released a Guardians of the Galaxy novel today, a hardcover, and kind of an odd shape. They've been doing – that's been the shape they've done for – the first one, I think, was a Wolverine book that used that shape. Yeah, this shape. is the first one I bought, written by Dan Abnett, who with Andy Lanning was responsible for – By shape, we mean it's the same width as a standard hardback, but not as tall. Right. It's kind of – It looks like about eight inches you tall. You know what I would dig? Make it a big little book. I would have just gone gone nuts. <laughs> you would have. I would have gone nuts. You would have. I mean, I bought it anyway, but I would have just leaped at it. I would love Marvel big little books because um, there weren't very many. Uh, but this is a prose book. This well, a big little book was prose. Well, yeah, they were illustrated prose. Yes. 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 
I, I don't know this one's not. But um, so it's again featuring Rocket Raccoon and Groot. The the title of the story is called. I'll take the cover off. Steal the galaxy. Off I, I, all right. I don't. I don't want to slow us down here. We'll do an unboxing. No, I don't want to do that. Um, <laughs> my my irritation with it, however, is that there is a poor use of the. Comma. The Brett Cave isn't clean enough for Derek to uh, take the plastic off his book. All right, but uh, there's a bad use of comma in here. Um, it says oh, Marvel's, that's infuriating. It says Marvel's first original prose novel, comma, featuring the stars of Guardians of the Galaxy. And I beg to differ. As Rick just said, they have had uh, novels. Uh, so, so someone who's doing copy editing outside uh, needs to pay attention to the fact that... Uh, I'm going to have to just rip at this. Uh, that... Uh, the comma doesn't go there. You've had more than one prose novel. Yes. And you put the comma there, it implies this is the first time. It's the first time since that editor was hired. Which was last week. Yeah. So, anyway, that's my irritation. Let's go to, uh, while, I'm on, while I'm unsealing this thing, let's go to movie news, shall we? We should do movies. Let's. Let's. Let's talk. Uh, the big thing I'll remember without being able to look back in my notes here is that Enchanted 2 was greenlit last night. Uh, or yesterday by Disney, with the uh, screenwriters who were responsible for the Smurfs franchise. So, people, this doesn't look good. Uh, Not only did it Enchanted... You know, as much as I love, and I get... I watched the last 15 minutes of that movie. When you create... Smurfs? Yes. Why? I, it just came on, and I was just, it was, it was such a train wreck. Oh, I could my, not. My, <laughs> too tired to change the I channel. was just like, I was like, oh my God. Yes, there are no illustrations in this, but, uh, in, in Bruce, but yes, um, the Smurfs, I, I watched the first Smurfs, and, and again, it's one of those things, and maybe I shouldn't rip into these screenwriters. It's not for us. No. It's, you know, as a kid's movie, it worked, it's just very formulaic. And I'm tired of, but our culture reflects the same thing. In sorry, not to you know rant a bit, but you know it's things like Survivor. It's it, it's a movie in which actually, when you think about it, completely selfish behavior is rewarded in the humans, as long as uh, you know Gargamel is defeated and the Smurfs. And but when you think about the consequences, like wait a minute, you know the really jerkiest character in the movie w- remained a jerk. And got rewarded for being a jerk and got everything she wanted because she was, you know. So it's one of those, like, they missed that because it's all that matters was the movie's about the Smurfs going home, right? Yeah. And no. Okay. But anyway. Um, and it's also meta, metalogical where they, you know, they, they, the Smurfs even look themselves up in Wikipedia and realize, you know, they're the Strumpfs in there and Peo created them and they're like, what? And that just gets weird. Uh, but, you know, my kids did actually like the Smurfs movies. Uh, but Enchanted 2 is sort of like, Enchanted, I get why you want to do a franchise. I do understand that. But it's such a perfect Money. story in and of itself. Yeah. It ends perfectly. The point of it is you live happily ever after. Even in the end credits, they showed the happily ever after. I'm content with yeah, that. They're going to fill in all those stories from the end credits. Every now and then, just be content. Yeah. Just be content. So we shall see. Um Mark Ruffalo is teasing the crap out of us with a potential Hulk movie. And so some, uh, I believe it's HitFix, which tends to be right, which is from Drew McWeeny's site, tends to be right, has claimed Weenie. that at the end of, let's not, oh, we better to go back to his ain't it cool news name of Moriarty, uh, 
he inspired me. In fact, actually, as a, as a great as a good writer, but I didn't like the fact that Any Cool News had all those pseudonyms. It was like we will never, we will always take credit for who we are. Um, but uh, anyway, he claims, yeah, man, that uh, Age of Ultron's going to end with Hulk going off into space to cross mm. over into Guardians Galaxy Two. So Ruffalo's going. It won't be Planet Hulk. It'll be Hulk ish. Planet Hulk ish. Yeah. So. Um, and I could see if if uh, the, and the other things that's going on that Ruffalo seems to be saying is you know what's been unexplored is in Age Age of Ultron the Hulk and Bruce the Hulk may be more aware of Bruce Banner than he's been portrayed as being aware on film before ah okay. which I think yeah that's the direction to go that's the interesting thing when somebody says you know we've run out of things to do with the Hulk I'm like really because you haven't made him intelligent yeah you haven't made him talk. And you you know you haven't uh, haven't used any of his six different personalities. personalities. Yeah, you know it could be interesting. Let's see, let's see, Mister Fix It. Let's yeah. see, Ruffalo. We do know also that Andy Circus has joined the cast of Age of Ultron, doing some motion capture. So, wouldn't you imagine? Give, uh, yeah, I'll just pitch something. Ruffalo gets to act like the Hulk when he's in the Ruffalo form. Yeah, I love and that. Does the voice I love that twist of the Hulk? When he's in the Hulk form, I love. Wouldn't that, that be an awesome movie? But I remember that was that was in the comics. That uh, yeah, yeah. No, that, I'm that taking was, it right out of the comic. Yeah, it was a Peter David run when that's uh, that was his failsafe. Is when he becomes Bruce Banner. That's when the Hulk's personality wins, but he can't do anything because he's too right puny. Uh, so I yeah, I love it. Well, there's another one. Bring the Pantheon. Oh, do yeah. a Hulk movie with the Pantheon. That was an so awesome bizarre. But they're running out of things to do with the Hulk. Right, exactly, <laughs> Nate. I think you're catching the irony uh, or the facetiousness in my repeating that. That's statement. because they can only, well, we've had him blow up a building. We've had him jump. We've had him fight. I know. What else can we do with him? He's going to be in Disney Infinity. What's left? Yeah. Um, nothing. Nothing else. Nothing, right. Because Done. some executive there, somewhere There are is, not nearly 60 years of stories to... Yeah go through no well, it's 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 all the the step son step uh sons of executives who are making these decisions it's no, disgusting don't let's not go there um the other thing you see brought up is that we, we really talk about uh the supreme court is actually still uh has not ruled yet on whether or not um kirby's heirs have a case to jack kirby jack kirby's heirs. i'm sorry i do it is a bad presumption on my part part on my fart if you're listening to the <laughs> it's a bad fart on your presumption that if you're listening to this podcast when we say kirby we ain't talking about that little pink japanese video game character <laughs> he sucks and he blows uh no i'm sure he's cute and people love him but we're talking about jack kirby and jack kirby's heirs have been suing uh have been trying to file a lawsuit against marvel claiming that the characters that he created slash co-created however you want to slice it that they own some of those rights, which, of course, Disney does not want that to win. And what caught my attention was forgetting that, you know, uh, Stan Lee said he didn't have a, originally said he didn't have a cameo in Guardians of the Galaxy. And the reason being was he didn't create him. He didn't know who they were. It had moved on past him. But, of course, that's how, and I'm not ripping on Stan because I would imagine with all the things Stan's got going, right. all the appearances that guy has to make, and at 91... He can be forgiven for not noticing and remembering that actually one of the current Guardians is a character he and Jack Kirby co-created. 
because it was a throwaway in a monsters book. Fear was that what you said you had read? It Fear, originally? Fear did the reprints, but yeah, okay. that was that was, was it where monsters dwell or yeah, something. Yeah. You know, was Groot actually appeared in one of the giant monster books in the fifties? Yeah, so. Jack Kirby and and Stan Lee co-created Groot, which means this lawsuit even includes gets his claws into the Guardians of the Galaxy. Not sure how I feel about the lawsuit itself. Um, I do think Jack Kirby was kind of undersung uh, by the mainstream and certainly unrewarded in the same way yeah. you know that definitely Stan Lee did. Stan Lee's point is, well, I asked. You know, <laughs> it's kind of like I was in a position and Jack Kirby could have been in that position but didn't. It's hard to know. Yeah. Uh, he said, she said. But but now, 25 years or so after Jack Kirby's death, you know, the question still goes, do his heirs have a point? Should they get the right to exploit these characters? You know what's cool about... about I need Troy Benson on this podcast. Th- those Those old monster books is that... Over the years, almost all those monsters have made it back into the Marvel mainstream. A lot of them in Hulk, yeah. like Zax and um, oh yeah, you know. And I think Fing Fang Foom was Foom. one of those. As My well. favorite thing because I can remember this over and over and over from reading Origin of Marvel comics was he mentioned Fin Fang Foom. Stan Lee says, you know, I can never remember what his shtick was if he even had a shtick. And it was before they had bothered putting him back into mainstream. Right. You know, it was just like. Yeah, no, I. It's when Fin Fang Foom first appeared in regular Marvel continuity. I was so excited because I'd never seen the story. I just read Stan Lee over and over talking about having created this, what he considered at the time, kind of a dumb character called Fin Fang Foom. So, yeah, yep. All right, on July twelfth, I'm just this is highlighting people ahead of time. Uh, is uh, the Marvel? Uh, not Marvel. I'm sorry, the Hallmark keepsake. Uh, ornament launch so they do like big parties of your local hallmark store uh if it's privately owned which means it has somebody's name ahead of it like you know steve's hallmark or right uh willow glen hallmark or... no 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 willow glen may not be it might still be a hall just a regular corporate store ah. if it has a person's name like tina's hallmark used to be in south san jose okay uh used to do some work for over there and tina's a good friend bilbo's to... hallmark bilbo's over, uh, bilbo's uh, hallmark yeah, that's great. On the way to Middle Earth. Uh, okay. Turn sure. left. Um, but there are a lot that just say Gold Crown Hallmark. And those are, the, you know, and then um, and then some ornaments will make their way to like Walmart and, and uh, yeah. which I got to say, I don't know if you've noticed this, if you caught this news, but you know how there's that, that new version of Agent Venom? Uh, you yes. Know, Flash, Flash Thompson. Thompson. Yeah. The action figure in Marvel Legends is going to be exclusive to, do you know which chain? Well, you just said Walmart, so I'm fearful. That no, it's I not Walmart. Walmart. But it, it, but I'm going to go. I'm going to go crazy. I'm going to save on. I know. No, uh, CVS. You were so close. Walmart has done exclusives, so it actually wasn't that crazy. It wouldn't have like caught my attention because right, right, they've been right. known for toys. Walgreens. Oh my! Is getting the exclusive Marvel Legends. Holy moly! Agent Venom figure. So I think really? it's going to be available at Comic Con. In like a an exclusive Comic Con version, and, and then it's going to be exclusive to Walgreens. Walgreens, yeah, the Walgreens toy section that has four toys in it. No, it's it's well, got well it's one a, of the four. Ironically, will be. <laughs> ironically, they have a lot of Chinese made knockoff lookalikes. No, they don't. There. They don't have what you think. It's not. Oh no, I, there's one just right up here. 
I've, I've looked. I keep looking for them uh, because I love the knockoffs. My God, I love the knockoffs. But uh, especially after we talked to Layman, I was like, I want to see what other. Well, they're not, they're not, they don't say like <laughs> Spider Man. They're not even like Spider Man. Yeah. They'll just be like superhero. No there's name. Gen- generic. Yeah, there's generic. Superheroes. Yeah. But anyway, they're launching, of course, July 12th. And not all these are going to be available on July 12th, but they, they get rolled out throughout the year. But but we don't really. We, I don't think we've ever really talked about the Dream Book before because there are so many intriguing and odd choices to go on your tree that are totally fanboy oriented. There is this odd Scooby-Doo, Scooby gets spooked, uh, where it, I think it uh, pressed the button to see the scene illuminate and hear Scooby speak. If I can show this to, uh, to, to Rick, he's on his hind legs and it looks like, you know, like they, they repurpose somebody else's skull. It's like a werewolf. It doesn't look right to me. Um, and I don't mean to critique, because often they do some fantastic ornaments, some fantastic figures, and that's the only one out of the cartoon characters I feel like I got to mock. Um, there's a great, some great Disney stuff. They, I mean, they really do a lot of a lot of cool Disney things. Oh, I yeah. thought, you know, for uh, Debbie, there's a good Sleeping Beauty, and I know she loves Sleeping Beauty. She does. So we've uh, got we have a uh, several Sleeping Beauty ornaments. Yeah. So um, and of course Peanuts and blah blah blah. A lot of Warner Brothers characters. They are really. They keep trying to push a Christmas story. You know, I mean, like once you did, once you did like one Christmas story. I, I don't see that as a year after, but they're doing it. Did they have the Red Rider BB gun this year? Oh, they had it last year. Did they have it last? They've year? actually had that. This year it's uh, Ralphie with his dad, uh, and then there's a the legendary leg lamp could just be uh, plugged into your light string. Now these are awesome. the, is this one with a base? Because those are the ones I really no, don't this like. A, no, this one doesn't have a base. Okay. Uh, oh no! The Christmas, the one with Ralphie and his dad does. Has yeah, a base, yeah. You know, because they know people display them on shelves as well. Uh, but it's awkward when it has a base and it plugs in. Yeah, yeah. Um, on the other hand, this one without a base, which is I'm going to love on my tree. Definitely getting uh, Snow Miser from the Year Without a Santa Claus. Nice. Yeah, I got to have that. Um, but here's the odd. There's a <clears throat> there's a television for Brady Bunch. Which I get, and then it'll play the theme song. Does there's, it have the nine pictures then on the yes, screen? Yeah, yeah see, okay. you see it. Um, and then there's the Great White Menace. There's a Jaws memorial which will play uh, the theme when you press a button on the ornament. We're gonna need a bigger tree. But we, I wish it would say. Well, I, I say that every year, but this time, uh, yes. Uh, Dukes of Hazard, uh, the General Lee breaking through a wall. Uh, there's Simpsons, there's a Waltons, which I get. There are probably people that like that, you know. Uh, a couple of vacation ones. There's a Wally World, the sign that says "Sorry, folks." Uh, there's a Chevy wow. Chase uh, one from Christmas Vacation. The DeLorean from yeah. Back to the oh. Future. That's actually I would get that, you know. And there's and there's the Fonz. Um, I, I kind of find this one odd. Frank Sinatra, you press it, and he will sing a portion of "That's Life." That's how you lived it. <laughs> that's that's for the Jewish. That's people. the drunk Sinatra. <laughs> no, it's for the Italians. Uh, Sinatra, man. Um, and then, of course, there's used as always been. There's a couple seconds. There's Jessica Rabbit and Marilyn Monroe from How to Marry. Yeah, a that was another. They look very similar. Yes. Uh, a lot of Wizard of Oz stuff, which people love making that treat. The Fonz, I think I mentioned. Um, there's an Optimus Prime toy. Reproduction with, Saw that. with Simon, uh, Sorry Board Game, and Cotton Candy. Oh, there's an air hockey table, which I don't think you can actually Something play amazing. air hockey. But the superheroes are fantastic. Yeah. In addition to it, I'd already seen this at WonderCon and posted the picture of the Adam West from that cover of TV Guide 
holy hit TV Batman. The kind of crescent moon shaped Adam West. <laughs> yes, it, it, and it's a good. I'm seeing it up close, and even the yeah. photo does does justice. It looks like him. Yeah. Um. There's a great Captain America from Captain America: The Winter Soldier. Yes. And they're posed. They're posed nicely, so they don't look like they should, they should be standing on anything. Yeah. Oh, the, and the the Superman one, even though he doesn't have trunks, the Defender of Mankind. That's a beautiful. Looking and I said figure. that before. That's going to be my Christmas. That's going to be the angel on top of our tree. And there's a 1989 Batmobile, which will actually uh, from the uh, because it's the 25th anniversary of Tim Burton's Converton, Batman. Yeah. So that will actually play the Danny Elfman theme. Oh, that's cool. Yeah. So I'm excited about that. Then you go over, oh, there's a Nightmare Before Christmas, that's good. And, of course, Thorn Oakenshield, because, you know, you want The Hobbit. Uh, Frankenstein's Monster from Universal. I get that, kind of, because I had... see, a, what's the pose? Is I had a toy like out? that. No, no yeah, it reminds the, me of that one that I... You it's the, uh, I'm pleading with the um, yeah. the blind hermit. Yeah, yeah, yeah. There's Harry Potter. There's Sloth from The Goonies. Uh, Wonderful. Triss from Divergent. Sloth from the Goonies does look pretty darn cute. Here's where it where it gets again starts getting weirder again to me. There's Cornelius from Planet of the Apes. Okay, okay, yeah, yeah. okay. It's classic. I get it. You you theme your tree that way. There's uh there's 2014 Fat Godzilla. He's just <laughs> chunky. Uh yeah. So there's a Godzilla. Which let's see. Oh, you press the button to hear the roar. Hear Godzilla in action. Yeah. But here's the one that's just creepy, especially even the pose. The alien at least doesn't have sound. But if you look at it, it is posed to leap out of your tree yes. and eat into your skull. Yes. Um, and this is the original, and this even looks like the Kenner version. Like It looks like it has the it uh, does. the glow-in-the-dark top you have. The part yeah. that discolors over the years. That, that yeah. If you recall, you know, I mean, like, I don't know why Kenner even thought, there, gee, an 18-inch alien, we did so well with Star Wars. Why wouldn't this figure do well with the children? Um, it would scare the crap out of them all. Uh, the Vengeance from Star Trek Into Darkness, uh, Lieutenant Sulu. Again, I'll buy it. Sulu, I'll Sulu. I'll buy this, but it's so wrong. And and Rick and I got to laugh about this from uh, the Devil in the Dark, which is the infamous episode of Star Trek with the Horta. No kill eye. It, it, it it's carved into it, right into the base. No kill eye. Spock leaning over, doing a mind meld with the Horta. And I and it says press the button to hear dialogue from the exciting scene. The pain. That, that's exactly. I mean, you know, it's gonna go pain, pain. Why you kill my children? Yeah. And which is which is what we actually say every Christmas morning before we open the presents. <laughs> it's so colorful, and anybody uh, who doesn't know the series is gonna look like it. Why is Spock putting his hands into that dump? You it, know, that it, yeah, garbage it does, heap. It does look like 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 they put several layers of fake vomit together. Yes. Uh, there's Darth Vader on, uh, coming. Uh, uh, oh, I will please. Yes, uh, from Revenge of the Sith, Darth Vader, right after the helmet's first put on, so it says you can he- press the button to hear classic di- dialogue from the classic scene, which I'm guessing is no. <laughs> I'm glad we all three did it. Um, there's a scout trooper. There's a sand crawler because you know that's just a great yeah, little exactly. thing. There's not even glitter on it to make it work. But I am oh, gonna, there will be. I'm going to go for this. Is there's the Lego Boba Fett, which is awesome. Yeah, uh, and because everything is awesome when you're part of a team, and uh, the Cantina Band, which thankfully, yes, you can press the button to hear awesome. memorable music. It doesn't really say the Cantina Band theme; <laughs> it just says memorable music. It plays. They play. Dun, the dun, dun. Wrong <laughs> sound chip. 
anyway. Begin the begin, I think. Yeah, <laughs> oh, that would be all. No, this is from the movie. Ah. So, uh, yeah, so I, I just want to call attention to it because there's always cool stuff and there's a lot of tin toy reproductions. And You've been over at my house during Christmas time. Have you ever been here when we've set the tree up in the yeah. kitchen? Oh, no, I've seen and. The, with what we do is we take all those specialty ornaments and put that on that tree all the stuff that makes sound and light and stuff but we unplug it at night because you have so to. the first thing in the morning you plug it in they all go off at once it's the that's weirdest like like, yeah well you know and it's it is interesting because uh you know that's where i i was i was waiting for years ali dominated the the decorations of the tree for years so like all my superheroes only wonder woman could come out you know before before we had luke uh, we could only put Wonder Woman out of the superheroes on. Was not allowed to take out my Star Trek ornaments. Princess Leia could cut out. It was all the Disney. We do all the Disney ones, but not the boys. Mm. Buzz and Woody were not allowed. Jesse was allowed. You know, so the, she dominated the, dominated that. Um, and so now it is. You know, it is kind of fun. Like, could you create a theme tree? I got to get my Star Trek ornaments back. You know, and, yeah. and like. But Luke made sure last year. You know, he remembered that he had given me Space Ghost, and and I, I think I gave you a Space Ghost yes, you one did. year. Uh, the, so the same one, you know, and so he remembered. He and he does make an excellent out ornament. Yeah, and he made, and so Luke made sure this year that Dad, here's Space Ghost. I got it, you know, so you can you can put it on the tree. So, and then you know we do we do we have fun. So um, I they are it's expensive. It's a ridiculous hobby to get a part of, but but yet they're beautiful. Some of those are so cool. Yeah, yeah. So let's move to television, which crosses over there. Uh, the big news is after we'd all given up hope that there would be six seasons. And a movie. And, well, the movie could still happen, but there's no proof yet. But Yahoo, of all people, stepped in the 11th hour to revive Community. At least I think I read 11 episodes for season six. And so this is a big move for Yahoo. And people, if you're not paying attention to media, you're well, you're listening to this on your iPod or your whatever device and, you know, maybe on your computer. Who would have thought this, that, that three guys that just, like, could sit in the living room and and record something that will go out. But if Yahoo TV is taking a step and actually reviving uh, a show, Yahoo's moving in, Hulu Plus moving in, Amazon's moving in, uh, Netflix is moving in. I would say if I was ABC, CBS, NBC, Fox, CW, if I was a living avatar incarnation of any of those, I'd be, I'd be quaking in my boots yeah. because this is only splitting even further. But it also proves cult stuff can really be... You know, can you be can get a second on. life. Yeah, yeah. Except not on Second Life because that's really. But no, Second Life. Uh, but anyway, so no oh, word I, on what. I think I want to pitch that show. You know what Dan Harmon's going to do with it, but so far, but at least, oh my gosh, it's revived. So let's see, wait, wait for that movie, right? Yep. And if you're not, and if you're wondering what does Community have to do with this podcast, then you haven't been watching Community, which is like they've done a Logan's Run parody. They, I mean, that was my favorite there with the meow meow beans. You know, so you know, someone's of your brethren when you can say, "I give you three meow meow beans for that." Um, they do all these sci-fi things, all these comics. Things. They're, it's, it, and Dan Harmon's brain is—he's wired. He was one of the guys who he uh, co-created Scud, the disposable assassin, uh, with Firehouse Press. You know, way back when. So, again, a guy who's got the chops and shouldn't talk about what he'd do to She-Hulk, Dan Harmon. So, um, <laughs> uh, a comic. A comic and novel-oriented uh, show that's coming in mid-July, The Strain, 
which, by the way, I think you can get from Dark Horse digitally the first two issues free right now. You can download them for free so you can catch up and have a sense oh, of why people are excited about the strain. It's both a novel from uh, created by Guillermo del Toro and a comic book series from Dark Horse, and now it's a television series on FX. But they were forced to take down some of their billboards because they featured an eye with some sort of weird worm creature burrowing into the eye. And it apparently it was too distracting and disturbing for people driving down Sunset Boulevard. Everybody stops needed being a big baby. I don't know. I think I, I'm going to agree. I don't have to see something so disturbing enough for an ad. I don't need yeah. that. You know, I felt. Well, I think it's 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 so weird. It's almost like it's not that it's all that disturbing. At first, you go, "Did I see what I thought I saw?" Right. And you're doing the double take, and then you're doing a triple take on. To be that, fair, is to that fair, as disgusting as I think it is? Driving down Sunset Boulevard, I was just as disturbed by the <laughs> building size uh, portrait of the Oogie Loves a couple of years ago. So, mm-hmm. uh, well, how about the American Apparel ads? Those are disturbing. Yes, they are. Yeah, well, they just fired their uh, CEO for being a perv. So um, I think the American Apparel ads are going to change. Since you just mentioned um, digital comics, I wanted to bring, I forgot to bring this up earlier. Humble Bundle right now it's is doing a lot of digital comics. Is work. doing a big, big digital comic. They keep on adding stuff to it. It's and for like for like a fifteen dollar. It's one of those name your own price, and you you can say any price, whatever. You get this main set of books. Yeah. And if you name, if you go to fifteen dollars for it, you get the th- first thirty five issues of uh, Wheel of Time. You get uh, a, a huge Alex Ross um, uh, book, all the stuff that he's been doing uh, recently. Um, just an amazing, amazing uh-huh. book. It took I was just paging through, and it took like twenty minutes to, to just page through it without even admiring any of it but check it out it is it is currently on and since we're going to get this out tonight you have a chance to get in yeah, on this great. too um but a lot of a lot of first issues they have the shadows in there i think people just they need have, to pay attention to what uh, humble bundles doing because they've released they've been doing a lot of these yeah, specials digital books and graphic yeah. novels and then yeah. back to television yes uh, uh fox that was just people, a commercial during i know, the television. I know pretty, well they should be paying us uh, Fox has uh, set a new record. People complain they don't have faith in Fox uh, for uh, uh, you know maintaining uh, sci-fi or fantasy series, and uh, Fox has set a new record for canceling a, a series three months before it actually went to broadcast. Before was a show called Hieroglyph, which was about ancient Egyptians reincarnated in modern day. Although then a description I read says, "Oh, it was set in ancient Egypt." I'm like, no, I read that it was in modern day. But the other thing is, almost no actual um, black people in Egypt. So it was very controversial. And that's yeah. not why they canceled it. Even though several people in the Amer- African-American community were very upset, and rightfully so, that you set these characters as being historical and you made Jonathan Reese uh, Myers again. So it's Fox. Were yes. the Egyptians worried about global warming or... I don't know. I don't know. So they just said that the series was not going where they'd hoped, and I was like, like being um, accurate in any way, shape, or form. Yeah, that's what I would have liked to seen. Um, let's 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 get around it. You know, I had this uh, African American social studies teacher in middle school who would tell you Cleopatra was black, and we just she get very upset if anybody portrayed brought up Elizabeth Taylor, and well, she should, you know, because it's like. <laughs> Cleopatra was black. It's which, all right. Which was ironic in the seventies when you had black Cleopatra in the uh, I know in the grindhouse. Isn't that movies. weird? You know, when we should have just had Snow White Cleopatra <laughs> was stupid 
Elizabeth Taylor. White Cleopatra should have been never seen. shocking. Ex- exactly. Um, Arrow is bringing a new, another superhero character, a familiar costume character in the Batman universe. <laughs> they bring all the Batman characters to Arrow. Uh, Devin Aoki uh, is, well, I think was in Sin City, uh, is going to play Katana. So Katana is coming to Arrow. Interesting. So they're doing a lot of work with you know characters that are definitely martial arts fit the yeah kind of which fits his universe yeah. you know uh, so that's good. Um, so that's there. Right before we started this podcast, of course, Warner Brothers put out the announcement. We knew that Batman sixty six was coming to Blu ray and DVD and digital release this year. We did not know exactly when. They have not said exactly which day, but they have said the month. Which not a surprise. November two thousand fourteen is going to make a lovely, lovely Christmas gift. But you know when they're actually going to tell us more details? When at Comic Con on Thursday in Hall H at six p.m. Do you think they might have some footage to show too? Oh, Jimmy. Well, it's not new footage. They'll be digitally uh, restored. Oh. And- well, I I was want to think that Hall H. When was the last time a DVD? Re- and they're smart. Warner's right. Absolutely. Hall H is. Is going to be a DVD only a panel devoted to a DVD release. Didn't they do um, one of the Batman uh, DVDs? I don't think so. Directed um, DVD. Uh, I think they've done did. the ballrooms, but may- maybe, maybe. Um, so I suspect that uh, Nate and I will be at Hall H on Thursday at 6 p.m. Unless they invite us to a press conference or something, we shall see. Um, to see what what the deal is, when the when the release date is, and I don't think we've even gotten what company is releasing that then Warner. So it is, it is Warner, Warner Home Video. Home Video. Yeah, yeah. Fo- Fox wanted something. I don't know what yet, but uh, I think what they wanted was <laughs> money to fight Marvel. Uh, so we, we shall see what happens there. Uh, so I have a, one last thing. It's kind of a, a, a book recommendation. I know I got to talk to the novel here about Guardians of the Galaxy, but I. I there was an article, an excerpt, uh, a few couple of months ago. I guess it was March because it was when when Sparks came out. There, I get to you know put Sparks in as a, a plug there. Uh, when Sparks had its little theatrical release and went up to Santa Rosa, and in the New York Times, I think it was, they ran an excerpt from this book called Life Animated by Pulitzer Prize winning uh, author uh, writer Ron Susskind, who was uh, he's covered a lot of the Iran- of uh, the Iraq War. And done a lot of books about politics and uh, also uh, a work on um, kids in the inner city of Washington, D.C. trying to break out of of what society's kind of turned their back on them and, you know, getting hopes into getting into colleges and so forth. Uh, and all the while, he has this, and I read this excerpt and went, oh, yeah, when that book comes out, I really want to want to get it. And I totally forgot about it. And then I saw somebody else recommend it again, and I picked it up this week. And so it's got life animated. And what it's about is that his son uh, w- uh, developed au- autism at about age two. And they talked about how, the, you know, their son was there one day and then their son wasn't and mm-hmm. and shot away. You know, and it was a late onset. And as they were going through, as they were trying to figure out what are we going to do, what are we going to do? He's watching. It's the dawn of VHS and home, Disney home video. And he's watching animation over and over obsessively, as as a lot of autistic children do. Uh, and he can't speak. And the only word he had, they thought, was juice. And then they actually realize he's actually saying, ju- it, he's saying it so fast, just your voice. 
Little Mermaid, Ursula saying, all it will cost you is just your voice. Uh-huh. And so like three, and then they're realizing he can speak. He's picking up phrases out of, I mean, it's not like it's fiction. It's not. This is a real story, and it's chilling, and I said it made me did cry. You, did you post this on Facebook? Uh, no, I have not yet, but I finished I saw this. I don't, I guess it's a fantastic, it's a fantastic memoir and it moves out beyond Disney, but they're saying how this child developed the ability to communicate in like his father realized, oh, he likes Aladdin and sneaks in and has the Iago puppet and talks to him as Iago. And then suddenly his boy, his son could speak normally. Wow. In exchange with these fictional characters, and then became so. Was that like a lever for therapy as well? It then? becomes, but it's they're feeling their way through it, and so now the the therapist now the boy is like the boy is a man, a young man who's uh, out on his own. He does. He's an artist. Uh, he and, and I, I don't want to get with it, but the, but that is just a photo in the middle of the book saying yes, he he's doing this, and you know he's okay, but. Um, very interesting because they're struggling through it and and saying like he learns he learns this interaction through um and and at one point has developed the ability to like by the time he's 12 and 13 can draw the characters perfectly from all the art books and uh says and, and calls him but he won't draw the main characters he calls himself the protector of sidekicks and he says disney has the sidekicks who always help and that's how he sees himself and all of his special needs friends and so he develops wow it's it's a beautiful memoir choke up talking about it because it really was just like ah and the insight on how to how to find your way into a kid's world Mm -hmm. and then even this special need and amazing and just the fact that it's it's like this fantastic world that he's become absorbed in and it's that's almost you couldn't write that story uh, right exactly and then he actually had had an idea for for uh, an animated film himself, and he, and at the end of the book they put his story uh, that he had created that was involving all the Disney sidekicks, and it's beautiful, and mm-hmm. it's his story. You know, it really is like he had used all these sidekicks as a metaphor for everything. So like when he's bullied, Phil from Hercules, and apparently or allegedly he's perfect impersonations as well um, of Dan, like Danny DeVito. He talks. He mutters to himself in the sidekicks dialogue. That'd be and, great. Uh, you could take it, take that, and do a treatment of it. It'd be kind of like well, almost, no, a, we'll almost don't, a big, big don't, fish. Don't jump of. to the conclusion, you know, because Disney's involved uh-huh. and Disney cooperated, but Disney also, uh, uh, you know, basically said, hand, you know, we, they gave him hands off. Because the other thing, where if you if you need it to tie even more, the older he gets, like in his high school years, it becomes Batman. Uh, Tim Burton's Batman, and then when he's bullied, which is just tragic, when he's actually realizing that people out there aren't always nice, it's Heath Ledger. It's the Joker. Uh, he adopts the Joker's persona to uh, to help process through some people. He's bullied, so the idea that some people really just mean you harm for the sake of meaning you harm. Yeah, And so he absorbs the Joker for that, and it's just like... It's just an astounding book and astounding that all the while this, you know, this this reporter, this writer has been in Iraq. He was in Pakistan. He because his son had some problem at home, he missed the flight that would have taken him to Benazir Bhutto's the first time she was they tried to assassinate her. And he says, realized because I begged off to take care of something at home. Thank God, because he goes luck from unluck. I wouldn't have dodged the the bomb. You know, and it was like, here he's in war-torn countries, he's dealing with all this politics, and this 
tremendous human drama at home. It's just a beautiful book, which I think just sort of, you know, it, it almost like they released this excerpt too soon because now it's just kind of faded away. But I really think people should, and, and when you put it up, I'll make sure we have the, the link, link to it on Amazon. Yeah. Just a beautiful, beautiful story and, and, and one of those that ultimately you can say, oh, yeah, they're still good. You know, yeah. <laughs> people can do the right thing, and yeah. and and it's it's and in, in, in touching like so many movies where I'm like I'm gonna have to go back and watch that movie, you know. And at one point he might he uh, actually got to meet the man who played Jafar, and they talk about what is you know what is a what is the the theme of Aladdin, and actually and he even goes to Disney and meets Don Hahn and says you know you know this is what it means, you know. <laughs> the animators like. Oh yeah, I hadn't really <laughs> thought how deep we'd gone, you know. And, and the point is that this kid has get you know he's lived through Disney, so it, wow. it's, it's just an a, a, just an amazing, amazing book. And I devoured it, really well written. And just I've thought, you know, I read a lot of stuff that doesn't have anything to do with this podcast, but it just it touched me so much. I thought it is kind of how many of us are, you know. We talk about retreating into the fantasy world, and and, and there it is. And I, I and I've been thinking about that a lot about how we. Uh, you know, we are the obsessives and people think uh, the things that it's just showing the value. And, and I'm hoping and we'll see, you know, I mean, it'll be interesting to see if this becomes a standard treatment, you know, I, I, not necessarily through Disney, but finding that thing. Yeah. Which we say in education, like talk to the kid on his level, what he's interested they, in. Yeah. But this is an extremity where there are kids who can't communicate except in this language. Right. And so, and Don Hahn says it at one point, or actually Glenn Keane says, you know, it's a story that's important. And this thing I've been saying, I'm teaching creative writing, and we talk about here, it's like the story, the story. And here it is, this, this kid has connected through stories, through fiction. And it's like, it's almost a justification of what, we, what we're into. So, um, I had one other yes. thing that, I, that, that was an... Made the news yesterday and it got confirmed today. Okay. I'll be back in one second. Breaking news. Continue. And Nate won't care. Sherlock has been yes. has been acknowledged for fourth season, three more standard episodes, and a special. At Christmas time. Uh, they haven't said at Christmas time. Martin Freeman said it. Martin Freeman said it, but the, the BBC hasn't confirmed that part well, of it. Well, sure, because the BBC's gone, shut up! Go back to Fargo. But wouldn't it be awesome on Christmas to have a Doctor Who special and a Sherlock special? Wouldn't it be like, I'm sorry, I can't go to the relatives this week. <laughs> I can't go to the relatives today. Uh, we're watching TV. Uh, for me, in particular, that would be awesome. Yes. Uh, because, you know, I don't go to uh, Christmas Day. For me, is whenever I have my kids, and it's never Christmas Day. So that would be awesome. And then I get to watch it twice because for my daughter you and my son, it, yes. Dr. Who, you know, uh, and I want to thank BBC and Netflix and Hulu Plus and Comcast for withdrawing Time of the Doctor and, uh, and, uh, and Day of the Doctor from any way to see them except for buying it on DVD or downloading or paying for it. So, uh, yes, you clever blokes, you have indeed, uh, let me say it like Clara, you clever boy, you have indeed forced me to purchase the Blu-rays so that my daughter can actually see them because she didn't see them when they were available on any of those things. Oh, really? So oh. I had a promise over the summer, and so that's it. We'll have a day where we get to yeah, where we get to watch it because Luke's been going crazy because I had it and then it disappeared from Comcast. So now it's like cause he keeps wanting to watch that show over and over. So yeah, there we go. Yep. 
So I picked a perfect time to step away. You did, and now we're back. And now it's time to say goodbye to all our family. No, uh, don't and don't violate. No, we've already violated enough. Um, so if you are listening to this on iTunes, uh, please go ahead and rate us. Please subscribe. Please tell your friends. You can also listen to this on the Stitcher app. You can also just pick us up at the www.fanboyplanet.com. We really appreciate that. And that's where we also provide a variety of links on the page uh, for each podcast to some of the things we've talked about. So, of course, I again insist, please, uh, that if you can support your local business, do so first. Go there first. Uh, you know, if they have this, the comic we've talked about, especially individual issues, if they have the trade paperback, if we've talked about a toy, whatever, go to your local Hallmark, Hallmark store. And honestly, I'm going to say, I, I rarely do this, is really, if you want to support local business, you find a Hallmark store with somebody's name. Yeah, you really do. Marie's Hallmark, Steve's again, whatever. You know, um, Gold Crown. They're good people. It is a local business a franchisee. Yeah, and, and Hallmark kind of you know split it off and tried this other experiment. And so I just I, I just know that if there's a name before it, if it's if it says it is somebody's, mm-hmm. that's a small businessman. That's a local guy in your community trying to trying to make make do. So I'd say support them first, then go to wherever else. Because they'll be at CVS, they'll be at Walmart, you know, they'll be at all these places. Not all of them, but uh, even Gold Crown stores are, that's the big corporation back in Kansas City. You want to support your local guy, That find the name. Okay, but you, we will have Amazon links to some of those th- items. So if you can't find them locally, uh, please g- feel free to order off of Amazon. Well, of course, we all have mixed emotions about that, too, but it does a little bit of money comes back to help support us. And the other thing is, of course, you can find the PayPal link there. And if you because, you know, we we do this for fun. We do this for free, essentially. And, um, well, it does still cost me money. So uh, do you know how much Rick's business cards? Co- no, okay. it was nothing. Uh, but <laughs> that's my miracle this week. FedEx is amazing. Kinko's is amazing with how fast they, they turn that around. But I mean, but seriously, all the things we do for Fanboy Planet is kind of, you know, we're not making money at this, but if you help to defray our costs, we'd appreciate that. So if you want to donate on PayPal, please do. If you have any questions, comments, compliments, commentary, criticism, write in to editor at fanboyplanet.com. Until the next time we meet and beyond, because I'm not changing my identity in any way, shape, or form, <laughs> I think, I'm Derek McCaw, Editor-in-Chief of Fanboy Planet. I'm Dave Costa. And I'm Rick Brett Snyder, reminding you to use, use your, your powers, powers only for good. Thanks once again to the great Luke Ski for use of his music in this podcast. Visit Luke Ski at www.thegreatlukeski.com. The power of brains compels you. than a few nicks and cuts uh and my body is sore because i tensed up when it all happened and released like you know getting rear-ended um seems to be okay so okay 
Uh, before we get I'm started, wearing a red shirt in case I start bleeding so no one will notice. Um, today, I'm going to try and power through, and right after this, I'm going to try and edit and post the podcast. Okay. Um, so we can make some acknowledgement that it came out in the day it was recorded. It will get up today. The thing is, if there's something that we need to edit, we need to stop. I need to take a note of the time signature that okay, it's we'll at try so, to, I can, so, we'll so I don't have to listen to oh, the whole shit. thing all okay. the way through. One thing on my list i got to bring in because we're going to want to do this. Okay. Hang on. It's out in the car, right? Yep. Okay. Are we talking about the Batman DVD release date? Uh, I don't know. Derek just went left. He'll be back. Which, oh, this was just posted. Which Batman? Six minutes ago, the TV series. Oh, they did post. So the Batman 66. The complete series coming to Blu-ray, DVD, and digital download. When? Actually, it doesn't have a specific... It says November. It doesn't say the date. Ah. Uh, well, just in time for Christmas is really what it means. Yeah, exactly. How are you? How warm is it down there today? Uh, it's actually not too bad. It's been not terrible recently. It's only 86 right now. It's supposed this, to get up to 89. This has been the mildest day this week so far. I think it's in the mid-80s. Yeah, it hasn't been bad at all. Um, Nate wants to know if we're going to talk about the Batman 66 release date. Yep. Okay. So Derek just, says yep. Yeah. Superb. Yes, we are going to talk about the... Wait, am I, am I live? I Hello? can hear you. I can't hear anything. I hear you. Oh, there you are. Yeah. The silence of Nate is almost like an anti-sound, and then everything goes dead. <laughs> it's the cost of family. They each affect something, you know. I, I, ben doesn't say anything, <laughs> but... No, actually, Ben's been trying to for years, <laughs> but we but, always see him when Nate's Nate, around. <laughs> Nate <laughs> exudes a null field. Uh, <laughs> wow turns out you need to find a way there was that guy in hitchhiker's guide who who wherever he went it rained yeah so he found he had a career by by blackmailing hotels not to have him come there yes ben is actually the talkative costa we just didn't know <laughs> all right see there it is i'm getting the the nullness again it's null all right all righty uh so you want to go over what you got just okay comics we'll just kind of uh mark wade's returning to boom um i can't believe we didn't talk about outcast last week in one of our choices because it's a kirkman book that again as i suspected already picked up for television and sold out i couldn't get a copy and already just skyrocketing in price so this time nate i actually bought a kirkman number one in time and set it aside so i can turn around uh david finch is in trouble with feminists for taking over wonder woman Jim Steranko might return to the shadow. Um, and then he, you're going to explain why he's in trouble with feminists. I don't know. Uh, no, I, well, I think it's bullshit. But I, but yeah. I, but I, yeah, yeah, we'll talk. Um, Becky Cloonan, uh, DC is releasing two Batman-related kids books called Gotham Academy and Arkham Manor. I'll play what's in the bag. Uh, Ruffalo is is feeding speculation on a solo Hulk film. Uh, Enchanted Two has been uh, Hallmark uh, has been uh, greenlit. Uh, it didn't occur to me until um, this week, picking up an article that Groot of Guardians of the Galaxy actually is a Lee Kirby creation. Yeah, and I so, remember first reading it in uh, Fear. And so you're right. And so yeah. Stan Lee is like going, I didn't create him, and it's like Stan Lee didn't even know. You know, it's like it's an interesting thing because of course there's a lawsuit right now saying 
Kirby's characters may have to go back to Kirby, and then that could actually even extend to Groot. Which is, yeah, insane. Uh, so what I had to run out and get, Nate, was that on July 12th is the Hallmark Ornament release. Oh, yeah, Debbie brought Which has a crap load yeah, of... Yeah, there's some good ones in there. Biz- but bizarre ones. Well, I, I only went for the ones... Debbie asked me which ones I would like. And I only pointed out the ones that looked like they would, weren't standing on platforms, hanging standing on platforms. So, Well, sure, but... You went past them. Uh, no, no, no. I, it was the one I wanted to... Uh, oh, shoot, maybe. Okay. So, of course, there's Jaws. Um, there's the, uh, oh, there, yeah, that's the superheroes, super- which is fantastic. There's yeah, the Spider-Man is Adam really wants- good because that'll look great hanging. Okay, here it is. Who wants... Alien in their tree. I don't know. I've got <laughs> okay. Darth Vader. So we've got to talk. I know, but this is... <laughs> um, and, of course, the Horta. They're out of things in Star yes, Trek. right, right. Okay, so... Um, why, anyway. is this, why is this guy leaning over a big pile of <laughs> vomit on your tree? <laughs> we've got to talk. Um, and it says, and this is what I love. No, I've got to do this live. I gotta do, I've got to explain it live. The Superman is spe- spectacular. Even though it's the pantsless Even one. though it is. Yeah, it's, it's a great one. He's not pantsless. He's I mean, the shortless one. Yeah. No, no, no. I love that's, him. That's so, just a, I mean, that that makes an ornament. Anyway, yes. That could uh, go on top of the tree. And then, t- and will. Yeah. Um, actually, except I have my Batman goes up there. Um, so, uh, a different Batman. And uh, television, of course, community has been review- renewed by Yahoo. Right. For a sixth season. FX. What else have they done? Have they done anything? No, this is the first this is the big first? move forward. Wow. Uh, FX was forced to remove their advertisements for the strain from billboards because people were getting too creeped out. Uh, it does God. look really creepy. There is a new record. Is that, they were going after the I one? Yes. Yeah. There is a new record for uh, show cancellation by Fox before the first <laughs> How episode. How many weeks before? No, before the first episode has even been aired. Right, I, I know. We're talking... Three months before its premiere date, a series has been canceled. Okay, save it. Yes. Uh, There's a new hero coming to Arrow. And then we're going to talk about the Batman 66. And then I have a book recommendation because it's tangentially touches with us. uh, And I I bought it and read it this week. I mean, devoured this thing and wept. So I I feel like like it's not the kind of thing that fanboys would necessarily know about, but would be very fascinated by. But if they're looking for a good cry. And we all are, right? Yeah. So let's go. Nate. I'm ready. In three, two, one. I'm Dave Costa. And I'm Rick Brett Snyder reminding you to use, use your powers, powers only for good. good. You're going to be in the witness protection program, you know. It's like, <laughs> what? What? No. I, what? No. Nate. Yes. We're taking off because we got to go fix Derek's car. All right, gents. It's been a day. All right. <laughs> so. Enjoy. All right, Sorry. man. Thanks. Talk to you later. Good luck. All right. Bye. Bye. Bye.